0: This is the Connected Media Podcast, a project by the folks at Roastful, intended to connect you, the listener, to our guest, an individual from the coffee industry. I'm your host, Zach Stamey. What's up and welcome back to the Connected Media Podcast. I am your host, Zach Stamey, uh, here with Roastful. Um, Today we're going to have Ray Murakawa on the show He's going to be talking about his new product, the Column Dripper. Uh, stay tuned to find out more about what this product is, how it works, when to get it, where you can get it, all of those cool things. This is Zach Stamey here with Roastful. I am with Ray Murakawa. Say, what's up, Ray?
1: What's up, man? What's <laughs> up? What's up, Roastful? <laughs> Roastful people, how you doing? Hey, we uh- we're out here. We recorded a
0: podcast with Ray about two
1: years ago now,
0: and uh, we're back because in that last podcast, Ray talked about a product. He actually talked about two products, I think, that he was going to be releasing over the next little bit, and at least one of those products has been released now at the recording of this episode, and we are excited to talk about his new product, the Column Dripper. So Ray, uh, before we get into that, um, tell us how you are, man. Tell us how it's been. Um, tell us what the column dripper, how it's been working on that, man. What's going on with you?
1: <laughs> so, so it's not out yet. Like, the you know, the campaign, we just launched a campaign about a couple months ago. Um, and it's, it's just kind of to give us like a barometer on um, what the community will feel about a dripper like that. So, you know, it's been, it's been an ongoing project for a couple of years now, yeah. as you know. And I think the last time we talked, I think I created the first prototype maybe a few months before that. Okay. And so it's been going on. And, and that's been my 24-7 for the past couple of years, which is the reason why it had to kind of go out now. Like it's going to be released, you know, without a doubt, regardless of whatever the campaign goes, whether we get funding or not. You know, it's it's on its way. We're continuing to get prototypes. But it's been this journey that I've wanted to finish for the longest time. And a lot of it has to do with we're making it out of stainless steel. And we just, you know, having trouble getting like turnaround on prototypes. So whatever I have, I test the heck out of it. I try to take it to wherever it needs to be, gather all my feedback, and then just do back and forth with our partners out out in the factory to get something that hits you know, my goals and my perception of what my customer's goals uh, would be with a dripper like that. So I think all those things combined, it's just trying to find what the key features are, what the key value is behind it, like outside of what I notice, and hone in on that. So once I get it out there, regardless of what kind of gear you have or what kind of, you know, brewer you are in terms of technique or uh you could find some level of inherent value in it so that's kind of been i i would say like the difficult part of making something like this because there's like a million drippers out there i have a million in the house you have a million in your <laughs> life. Like there's stuff out there that's like ridiculous, right? So like my whole thing, like if you ever see what I do, like whatever on content, it's just a lot of hacking and hacking stuff together and making things out of things that already exist, whether it be yeah. like weird hardware or just existing drippers, combining different things, messing around with techniques, just kind of labbing stuff, right? And little did you know that that all was part of this R&D. Yeah. So for the past like four years since we dropped <laughs> drip, all of, the, all of the weird garbage that you're like, man, this guy doing some stupid stuff. All of that is part of my journey on trying to discover what, uh, what else can occur, you know, what else can exist in this landscape that I love, that, you know, we love as, as people who just love coffee and making coffee. What's not there? What can we improve, right? Where can we see something where um, other drippers can't or do not really focus on? So that's, part of that journey and all that weird stuff that I was doing, you know, I'm always taking notes, always logging data and making sure that, uh, if I, have an ad- if I have an idea and I execute it. And then maybe I'll do it for like a few days or a week or whatever. If it sucks, it just sucks. Like, you know, I'm just logging it in there. This kind of technique just doesn't work in this way. And all of those years of doing that stuff, creating a checklist of like, okay, what would really hit if I dropped, um, became this stripper which is which is scary because it's kind of like you don't know when you drop something that's kind of weird or that's unconventional, um, especially in a, a niche community like that we're in. It's pretty niche, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about EYs and, and, and you know grind size distributions and all this stuff. It's like, of course, I, I, I exist in that world and I want to optimize for that customer. But I also know, you know, it has to be there for if I give this to my mom, which she still <laughs> won't know how to use it. But like, let's say like someone who's interested in pour over and just like the design of the look or whatever, if they brew it for the first time, they can get a good cup of coffee. It's like it still has to function in that way. And that's kind of the difficulty of creating something entirely out of scratch because there's no predecessor. Uh, it's, it has an interesting design because it's just a combination of, I guess, philosophy and theories that I have in uh, extracting coffee in a way that's consistently high and good, and meeting that intersection of, uh, I guess, expectation is what we nerds do. but to make it also uh, accessible to someone who, you know, isn't as crazy as we are, um, is going to be just as fun to use. So that's, that's kind of where, where I am with this dripper right now. It's like, I'm creating recipes like crazy. Um, probably brew like 10 to 20 cups a day, just putting out like various, like variables that I have on a diagram and seeing which ones work, which ones work consistently. And they all have to be organized into something that's somewhat easily digestible on like an instruction manual. So there's all these millions of things that we could be doing, but like, how do we distill all that down to like, what's the best three pour recipe? What's the best four pour recipe? How do we keep that really simple? Just like, you know, boom, boom, boom. And does this work? Why Why does it work? Why does it not work? Um, and creating that kind of customer experience in my head, because I already know how to dial it in my way, but when it goes out to someone who doesn't know what I do or what this thing does? Can they look at a piece of paper and say, "Okay, they say to do this. If I do this, it's going to come out great." It needs to hit that way, you know. So that's another part of, uh, I guess, the thing that I'm doing right now. So that's kind of what what's happening in the present. I'm jumping around a lot because there's so much crap in my head, but. Do you wanna start at the beginning? <laughs> you wanna yeah. start, man? Yeah. Yeah. Because because I'm still in the middle of it. Like yeah. people need to understand. It's like I have working prototypes, I have things going on in the factory, like being made, gonna be sent to me, but I still feel like yeah, it's it's you know, it's not a hundred percent yet. You know, we're like 70% and we're kind of fine-tuning flow rates, finding the right paper and then developing recipes based on the stuff that we get. So it's like, I get a prototype and this recipe that I thought was bomb, it's like, oh man, this is brain dead. Like it's gonna work all day. And then I get a new prototype and I'm like, oh God, man, I'm only getting 21% off this trash. Like what's going on? What's my grinder at, you know, what's my water looking like? You know, all this stuff. Yeah. And 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 the problem is like, I know that it's like, there's so much overthinking that happens, but it you have to overthink. Yeah. It, just like with Melody, it was like, I, I knew that some invention that was that niche like you have to overthink it because you have to be thinking drilling down to the worst case scenario to the best case scenario and then how do you meet that in the middle and say that the average customer can hit this kind of quality every time and that that's the difference between making some kind of crazy thing and saying boom handle it you know and 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 you know just throwing something out there because it works for you I think all the experience with you know, doing customer support, Mellow Drift, and trying to explain <laughs> Mellow Drift <laughs> to people, you know, it, it allowed me to understand that there's multitude of approaches and customers out there, people who are potentially going to be buying this that have no idea what the heck a refractometer is, no idea um, what grind quality is. It, it's like, you know, does it work for that person? So um, I have a bunch of gear that tries to simulate, you know, average customer to like, you know, an enthusiasts. And, and when I think I have something that is good to go, like I got this bang in three pour that all you have to do is multiply the dose by five times. So it's like 18 to, you know, 80, 80, 80, 80, boom. We're, we're good to go. You know, I throw it on like a virtuoso or I throw it on like a blade grinder and see what that tastes like, you know? So there's, there's always that constant like awareness of different tiers of customers that can potentially you know get this as a gift or on Amazon just cuz of rating or whatever it's like boom you know this looks like interesting you know and that person has to get a great cup of coffee so that part of it is it, it, you know it's it's difficult because it's such a weird dripper it's such a weird design i don't expect you know the average target customer would be like hey i'm going to get this over a french press but there is always that discrepancy between you know even like a super enthusiast might be using subpar coffee you might have the craziest like gear in the world but you're tasting coffee is somewhere that i've never even tasted before you know so it's trying to cover all of those you know the 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 farthest craziest nerd to the most casual person um will give me an idea of that spectrum of possibility as to like where this device is going to be, Um, what kinds of coffees is going to be fed into it. Uh, So there's just a bunch of, I think, overthinking that helps this type of project, but that's what takes too long. You know, it takes so long. I have to live with it. It's like something that I felt when I I created Melodrip too. Like it took like two, three years to launch it because I knew I had to live with it. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think Ray, like you talk about overthinking things and like, I think that, you know, (laughs) that's probably not how I would word it. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's why your product of Melodrip has come out to where it is because since Melodrip, like there's been many distribution tools come out. Um, you know, and you have, you have the tricolate even, um, that has its own top to the brewer and, um, stuff like that. But Ray, there's, there's not a, there's not a distribution tool, even though, I mean, yours was, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first of that type of design. Um, and for me, like it still stands as the best, um, just like there is a level of, of consistency and a level of precision that goes into those. And I think it shows. And I think whenever people get their hands on the column, they get the the, uh, the column brewer, I think they're going to be able to see that. Um, they're going to be able to see that type of, type of care put in. So <laughs> you're, 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 you're a mad scientist, man. <laughs> you do some crazy things, but I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see what comes from it. Um. So for the viewer that doesn't know what the column uh, – is it column brewer or column dripper? What do you call it? It's just a column dripper. Column dripper. For the, brewer that, or for, the, for the viewer that doesn't know what the column dripper is, um, tell us about that. And real quick, actually, before I say that, I do want to say that I, I'm very impressed for the level of uh, care that you're putting into this because I think for most brewers, a company will put out the brewer with the expectation of the brewer itself or the, or the person itself – um, to come up with the best recipe and the best method of brewing that dripper. Um, I think that's, that's typically the expectation from a company. I love that you are going to be an expert of your own product and you're able to say, uh, this is with confidence, this is at least one of the best ways to use this. I love that real quick. Um, but at the same time, I want to hear, what is the column dripper? Tell, tell the viewer that has no idea what's going on with this. Um, what is it? Uh, what's the idea behind it? I know that it's definitely to uh, make brewers or make people uh, that maybe come from many different types of background of brewing coffee, like you were just mentioning. Um, but tell us what, like, you know, philosophically, what is the idea behind the column dripper and, and what is the intended use of the column dripper?
1: So the column dripper is, it's a small conical dripper. So it's a cone-shaped dripper um, that's really tiny. It's probably like half the size of a small conical dripper. Um, And the reason why it was designed that way was that I found out that if you are able to basically just kind of minimize the size of any dripper, you can also minimize the amount of paper that you're using to brew a standard cup of coffee. And I think the great thing about that was I went to this rabbit hole of like okay like how much waste do we have when we're brewing any kind of coffee and of course like AeroPress has like the least amount of waste which is incredible but there's certain drawbacks to that where I can't you know brew out a 300 mil uh cup of coffee on an AeroPress like typically there's certain like limits to it because you just have one chance to fill up and then you push out and it has a certain taste profile like for us it's all about flavor detail, clarity, and just having just high aroma. And expectation for our coffees is high extraction with super high fidelity taste. And a lot of drippers, I guess, that use that smaller footprint weren't kind of delivering that. And the profile that gave us, I guess, the best consistent results was like a conical dripper. And we do like all types of drippers, but the conicals have like a really good balance of clarity and uh, manual control just because of the flow rate. And that was something that I was missing from a lot of modern drippers was just that speed. I think the fastest dripper that we have out here, um, the Ori is super fast and consistent and it's, it has its own taste profile and that's a flat bottom dripper. And we wanted something that was more, uh, that could deliver this crystal clean, you know, high extraction. And that was kind of conical. So like when I was doing tests, I, w- I actually sawed off um, like this plastic tube and I started sticking this plastic tube on different drippers because the main goal was, can I have a dripper that can brew like eight to 10 ounces with half the amount of paper waste? You know, is that possible? And so I wanted to uh, create a prototype that, you know, fit both on flat bottoms, conicals, Um, with this tube. And that tube will basically isolate a small portion of the filter paper. So you're only using that bit within that tube to filtrate any kind of um, coffee grounds. So that was kind of the first step in, in trying to create a dripper that used the least amount of paper but gave the same amount of results as a standard conical dripper. And that's if you look at the con. If you look at the column, you'll see this small conical shape, and sticking out from it is a glass column, like a glass tube. And those are kind of the main parts of it. And the glass tube sits on this thing we call a filter ring, and that filter ring sits inside the conical dripper. And you put the paper on top of the filter ring, and then you sandwich that with the glass tube. And that basically seals up really simply and you throw your coffee into, uh, the tube and you're ready to brew. So it seems it'll, lo- it'll look like an AeroPress with a conical tip at the end, like a, a very narrow conical, very small, narrow conical tip. And one of the great things about the dripper is that it's a zero bypass dripper. So depending on how you define bypass or zero bypass, basically there's no permeable, uh, area. There's no area for the water to, I guess, pass above the level, the surface of the brew bed. And the reason why that could be desirable is for several reasons. One being uh, efficiency in the amount of water that you use to percolate through coffee. So on a standard dripper, if you pour, let's say 150 mils on top of 15 mils, after pouring, you'll have maybe an inch and a half of water floating on top of the dripper, regardless if you go bare kettle or mellow drip. Just mainly if you think about just how fast grounds settle. It's like after you, after you finish pouring with anything, you know, about three to five seconds, majority of the ground's already settled. So you do have a column of water that can potentially escape outside over the coffee and uh, pass through the filter into your cup which adds a certain level of dilution, and that's part of the certain flavor profile of certain drippers. But when developing recipes for this, we're always thinking about total fluid percolated. So everything is based off of this, you know, this concept of total fluids percolated. Um, And to get, I guess, the best efficiency out of every ounce of water that you put into coffee, you want all of that water to pass through coffee. And that allows you to, basically allows you to use heat and hydration more efficiently, consistently, and so that's what that design is based off. Of. You see a tube that that basically pushes the water through uh, the coffee slurry without exiting out of the filter paper prematurely. So that's what it is. It sounds complicated over podcast, but. Um, I think if you just imagine like an aeropress with a conical tip, that's basically what it is. Um, so that's kind of the philosophy behind it. There's a lot of nerdy crap behind it, but I think the flip side is that when you start learning any kind of pour over, they talk about spiral pours, and they talk about try avoiding hitting the side of the walls, try to uh, try avoiding, you know, try avoid try to avoid pouring too much or too little, and there's all these little things. And mainly that's to predict how much water is going to be above the brew bed after you pour. And the amount of water determines how much pressure you have and the the flow rate and the the drain rate. So all these variables really, you know, they affect the brewing process. If you don't have to worry about bypass at all, you can be slightly more haphazard and get a consistent result because you're not going to have water bleeding out of places that you don't want it to Um, and there's various ways to manage this based off of the grind profile that you use Um, i guess the coarser the grind that you have like a regular pour over grind uh, infiltration and heat delivery is more important because you're dealing with less smaller particles but when you're trying to push out like a 24 25 percent at a fine grind Maintaining percolation quality becomes more important. Um, heat delivery is always going to be important, but you don't want to continuously disrupt the uh, the architecture of the slurry um, because that starts to affect the permeability of the filter paper and slow down your brew. And then once you start going below a certain drain rate, your percolation's gone, and then your heat just is disappears, and then your brew turns out like crap. So it's it it. it it allows you to kind of handle different types of brews. I can go super coarse, push out like a 21% in like two minutes, or I can do, you know, like a super fine 24% in like three and a half minutes. But there has to be certain considerations. The thing is that I wanted a brewer that can accommodate that kind of, you know, both types of enthusiasts. Yeah, Ray, I love that, Um, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most nerdiest explanation. No, I I love that. It's like
0: it's yeah. It's great, and I I think you're right in some ways. to To picture that over podcast, I think will be somewhat. I mean, like unless you understand, unless you understand what's going on, it might be a little bit harder. Uh, But what we're gonna do, we're gonna attach a uh, a link in the show notes to maybe one of your Instagram posts, so you can see the column dripper on uh, Ray's Instagram. It's awesome, and I agree with you, Ray, about. I love when you said um, talking about whenever we're able to eliminate bypass or at least you know take that out of the equation, we can we can create a better experience because um, we can focus our energy in other places. I, I talked about in, in my preliminaries routine. That's like what I was talking about was channeling and bypass. If we can eliminate or minimize these things, then like we can then focus our energy. Towards other things. And that's kind of what you're all about is progressing and figuring out how to make better coffee always. So I think that's that's totally right up your alley of, of things. And I think that makes total sense. Um tell 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 me though, um, this is kind of a side thought, um, and we can come back on topic in just a second. I remember for the longest time, people believed that conical brewers may create a more even extraction because of the way it was angled and the way water was flowing through. Maybe since there was coffee at the bottom of the tip, and since that was going to be uh, a smaller amount, and since water or since coffee is extracted less at the bottom of the brew bed, um, that that might create a more even extraction than a flatbed brewer. I remember there were some some experiments that came out, um, I think by Jonathan Gagne like two years ago, probably, where he found flatbed brewers to create a more even extraction. Have you found that? flatbed brewers or conical brewers like have you found a, a better quality of extraction from the two I know you said there's a better balance that you found in the conical brewers but could you expand upon that a little bit
1: <laughs> you mean like the, ver- the versus thing it's 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 I think it's it's tough because there's always a balance in terms of like the recipe you use and the dripper that you're using like I would say like for, you know, I'm not going to talk about one's better or or another, but there's always an optimum flow rate, at least from my uh, experiment, there's always an optimal flow rate. Like for us, like our drain rate, we want to maintain at least like a 0.5 to 1.5 grams per second drain rate. And that is kind of the core of what we do to design this dripper and the way it performs the output that it has and a lot of the lower EY's that we hit are either too fast or they're too slow and the problem with any kind of dripper is understanding the optimal dose for that dripper and the retention that it has and and the reason why I say retention is because that last pour or that last 20% of fluid Depending on how long that takes, that dramatically affects the heat delivery during percolation. And it also, uh, if that's slower, that also it kind of reduces the amount of output that you get in terms of uh, just kind of uh, your, your beverage. So there's certain drippers out there, whether they be flat or conical, and there's certain recipes out there, whether you do in a flat and conical, that affects permeability of filter paper, which reduces... The drain rate, and that increases at retention. So you might be getting a high TDS but low ey because your retention is so high in the dripper, and that's something that we typically don't target for in when we reverse engineer uh, recipes. And this happens regardless of the dripper that you have. So it, it's really tough to say. Like for me, I'm always logging the output. I'm always looking at the beverage ratio. The beverage ratio for me is like the most important thing because you can have two coffees at the same TDS um, and then one might be outputting, you know, less or more or whatever. And depending on that, you can really see where the potential of that coffee is. So I'm sorry. Let's say you have like a 1.4 coffee at 20% and you have uh, a 1.35 at, you know, 22%. Um, basically that higher TDS coffee has a lower EY because you you potentially could have passed more water through it. And the thing is maintaining your recipe so you maximize the amount of water that can pass through, but ensuring that the water that does pass through is hot and is at a specific flow rate. And that problem happens in every dripper. And so when you compare drippers, with all the same variables and you see, oh, this is a higher TDS, but the EY is whack. It's probably your retention. So when people do comparisons and they're only checking EY, um, and they're saying, oh, this is a low EY on this flatbed, but this conical has a higher EY. The thing is that, you know, if you were doing, let's say a one to 18 on the, on the flatbed, you could potentially have had the same EY if you pushed it to a one to 20, um, and pushed more water out of it. So, I think if you are measuring and comparing all of the outcomes, like from a retention perspective, that kind of gives it more of an even playing field. If you try to take it there, if you do like a one to 16 on both and you see the conical, yo, more EY is better. No, not necessarily. Because if you do a one to six, if you did a one to 16 on the flatbed, it could have went to a point where you hit the same EY as the conical. And what does that mean? At that point, um, you can basically just kind of, uh, I guess, judge the two on flavor or that specific profile that that dripper produces. So that's something that I've learned off of using this fucking dual scale. Yeah. Is the software is absolute garbage, but it gives me uh, the input and output ratio all the time. So I know that if I'm doing this kind of input, I expect this, at least an 80 to 85% output beverage. And if I'm not hitting that, I'll pour more water to hit that 85% output beverage ratio and then make my decision based off of that. Because certain drippers have really high retention or they're, uh, more, more, uh, it's, more, it's easier to create that retention based off of the same recipe. It's, it's kind of a confusing thing, but certain drippers are inherently slower. They're just sensitive to a lot more agitation, and they suck at spitting out that last 20% of water. So we can't judge that, the potential of that dripper based off of that, because that's a user thing. You can easily just put a balloon and squeeze out their last 20% and get the same EY. You know, but if you're just sitting there and saying, okay, gravity tells me that at this particular point, it's keeping this 20% or 30% of water, this dripper sucks. It's like, not really, you know, what can you do to improve that or reduce that retention ratio of your technique and maximize that last bit of water with the right amount of, you know, proper amount of heat and, uh, uh, flow rate to squeeze out that last bit of, of EY that you could get. So I, I I don't do that comparison mainly because if if I'm if I'm developing like for a specific dripper, I'm just focusing on that dripper. I won't go that hard on comparing two drippers and their performance and, and trying to get the same exact EYs and seeing how those taste. Because when you do those kind of like cross uh comparisons, you have to really have a certain philosophy. If you're really saying, if I'm doing one to 16s or one to 18s on both of these, what performs better? Great. You know, one might perform better. One might perform worse. And, that, and that's good. That's fine, man. Because because gravity is natural and we, we can just work under that condition. But if you, you know, for me, it's what's the potential, you know, what's the potential of my coffee and my grind in this dripper if I did you know, these five different kind of techniques, you know, hitting the same amount of output beverage ratio. So, like, it, it depends on the approach. I don't know what, what how people compare it. Um, I would compare it that way. Yeah. Because it's not fair.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I always get sucky brews on an AP. I respect the AP out of every other dripper that's ever been invented. Like, for real. I would yeah. say this straight up. Yeah. Is, is so much respect goes out to that, that brewing device mainly because there's never been, you know, uh, I'm not going to say never because we do have like the, uh, what is it? The, the, uh, the Trinity or whatever. Yeah. There, there are, there are manual brewers that have certain assisted mechanical properties to them, but for this to be that simple, make it to target, make it, you know, uh, uh, the average person's favorite dripper, the 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 most craziest high-tier nerd's favorite dripper, be in insane cafes and in the wackest blade grinder bars. <laughs> it, for that dripper to be able to go there and look as ugly as that thing does, with with being plastic and like just crazy to use and sucky to clean, it just mind-blowing is because it was first and Alan had a crazy vision and knew that. There was a certain level of manual control will accommodate various uh, 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 philosophies of brewing, whether it be super fast and quick or high and slow. Whatever it is, it is like the craziest device ever made. I hate it. I don't like the way it tastes. I think it's ugly. That thing should be updated since whatever. Like, I'm sorry, but highest respect. That's the yeah. top tier. I guess, new wave grinder. I mean, new wave brewer of of all time.
0: (laughs) We'd like to take a moment to mention Roastful, a coffee subscription company providing a tasting experience from three different roasters each month. Learn more at roastful.com. Now back to the show. And Ray, I think like you and I have similar philosophies on when it comes to when it comes to brewing. Um, And that's where like, I agree with you. I wasn't even necessarily trying to get you to say conical or flatbed, which one's better. I wanted to hear your, where your brain was at when it came to how, cause you, you talked a little bit about it in that first part about why you chose a conical design. Um, but I wanted to hear you expand upon that. And that's, that's, that was, <laughs> that, that's, that's really cool because I, that's, that's what I was looking for is man, like to your point, like It's not that one is better than the other, but understanding what those variables are and accommodating because of those variables and and attaching those variables to one another and figuring out which sequence, to your point, like how can we get hot water through coffee in an efficient way, in a way that's not disrupting the architecture of the bed? um, How can we do that best? And so that was where I wanted to hear your headspace on why you chose that, but that's really cool. Um, Can you talk a little bit about uh, the materials you chose this time because what we talked about in the last episode we recorded you had some very very like very specific qualifications you had for the materials you were using for the mellow drip Can you talk about that um, and you don't have to talk like for super long on that but maybe just give a an overview as to like why you chose the type of uh, materials you chose for your column
1: this is this is it's it's like it's like the dumbest thing to like create something out of like heavy and nice material because it's, shipping is like such a huge factor when you're making business <laughs> business dis- decisions, right? and yeah. I, I know you know about your best friend shipping and and the thing is that i I knew that I wasn't trying to go where the Aeropress is going. Sure. that was just certain. I'm not talking to those people. Not in a bad way, but like when I, when, when we have a conversation and a hundred people passing by, maybe half a person might stick around to say what's going on here because everyone else is just like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Right? So it's like, I know it was going to be low volume. I I know what, you know, our, I, I, our, our core audience is, you know, they want something that's going to represent some level of aesthetic property. Like it's gotta be aesthetic. It's got to... Hit a certain kind of extraction or flavor quality, and it's got to be meant for basically got it meant for enthusiasts. And that was the thing that when I was seeing the landscape, one thing was size, I wanted something that was very small um, and compact, not necessarily for travel, but just something that had an iconic image where you could see the silhouette and see that's the column, yeah, you know, like that's the Orea, that's the AeroPress. It's just. You know, that was important to me. Um, but in terms of, like, the materials, you know, getting back on subject, it's just the way that metal and glass feel is just incredible. And I think there's something very, I think they're just very timeless about those materials for any kind of tools. And I'm obsessed with tools. So, like, my favorite tools are, are metal and glass. And that's just kind of what it is. And... Mellow Drip has a certain specific reason why we had to go with plastic. Not to say that we're, you know, we haven't looked at like a metal dish, but for that purpose, it just kind of works the best. For this, there's all these crazy conversations about like heat retention and like durability and all this stuff. And like for me, when I'm, you know, brewing on this dripper, like measuring temps. It's more like, regardless of heat retention on something this thin, whether we had something that was, I I guess all glass, all plastic at this, um, I guess at this thickness, it's pretty thin. Um, It's still all about how efficient your percolation is, how efficient your heat delivery is through water. You can have the most insane like fellow dual wall dripper but if you're stalling, you're screwed. I agree. You know? I agree. So we had to we had to make that kind of call. Like so on this dripper, flow rate, speed, um, and and basically like retention was the top priority because we know that we don't have the heat retention of like a plastic or a dual wall. You know? And and there's two reasons why we chose metal. One is because of tolerance, is that if we went plastic, regardless of what it is, this thing would eventually warp. And this thing, it, I, I guess for the podcast listeners, it's, it's the filter ring. It's basically like a kind of a truncated cone ring that the glass tube sits on top of. And this connection point has to be super flush forever for the lifetime of this dripper. This, the bottom edge of this tube needs to connect with this shelf inside the filter ring in order to, to, in order to create a seal that doesn't leak. And over time, any kind of plastic would warp. So that was the biggest fear, that we didn't want a dripper a year down the line or two years down the line where we had to be sending out a bunch of replacement filter rings because they started to leak. Um, and even it, this tube would probably start to warp you know, at a certain point because we're talking about 210, 212 all day, right? So it's that durability. Creating this level of tolerance with ceramic was just not something that i was going to invest in especially because ceramic is insane heavy um but plastic there probably is a plastic that could do it we'd like to look into that but i think for iterative purposes for development this is like unfortunately this is like the most efficient way to do it um and, and to just kind of go to market straight up knowing that these are the dimensions for this material boom out there rather than going from 3d print to metal. It's just, it's, it's just an extra step that we didn't want to take. And then there's that also the other part that we just think it looks good. You know? and, and you <laughs> always have good. to have that. It does. Because, look good. because the thing is that we have to understand that like aside from like, you know, aside you know, from the marketing perspective, it's like you want someone to see something on social and say, I want that thing. Or yeah. that thing looks crazy. Right. Yeah. And and I think the reason why melodrip market itself is because it looks crazy and when you have something crazy on social people are like what the heck does that do like why are you doing that you two extra whatever it is it's like it looks crazy and and that kind of impact is necessary yeah i think it's necessary because it makes people question something new and that's exactly what drives us to continue to push this because we know that regardless of when i drop if I could drop last year or if I drop next year, no one's doing this. And the reason why is because it comes from a a very specific philosophy of brewing. But going back to the point, it has to look good and feel good because what we're doing is selling an experience too because we're in love with brewing. If I could brew sand and it behaves just like coffee and I don't get shit out of it, like I still brew sand just because I love brewing coffee. Like if I could get an EY off of sand and not waste coffee... I would love that, you know what I mean, because it's like, but we, but we both love coffee that much, though, right? Yeah. That we don't, we don't. There's no, there's. We don't have a problem with doing it over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's like the the, you know, it's like the difference between like AI and humans is like humans get get a kick out of everything yeah they're surprised by the smallest things whereas like you know ai is like they know they know why that thing happened you know it's like if i if i do an rng it's like i know why that thing happened we don't know why certain things happen all the time and you know that that part of it if your brewing experiences has any element of that or that process it's like it's very humanistic it's very you know it keeps us on our toes it keeps us keeps the whole thing fresh and for me, experience is all about the thing, which is the reason why it's like, uh, someone else is making the lift and not me, you know? And I, w- I want, I want Raymond to make the lift because that's, that's, that's his vision. Like, you know, him and Alika are like, yo, we, we want this thing to happen. And it's like, for me, it's like, I, I worked on it initially, like back in the, back in the day with Alika. And I was like, I can't sell this man. This is too crazy. Like this is niche of a niche. You know what I mean? Because Alika didn't go whatever world status at that point. So it was like, how are you going to sell this thing? But it, it wasn't just that though. For me, Melodrip was about an experience. Yeah. You know, it was about having a closer connection to the process. That's why, you know, it's a handle and, and you could get close to, close to the, the coffee if you want you, you know, do it. It's a tool, right? It's an instrument that you can use. And that part of the brewing process is super important to me. So for me, it's like I, I, I really admire the espresso people. Because they get to do all this fun shit and have all these crazy tools and be like, yo, I'm a pro. Check out my distribution. Yo, know, my RDTs are crazy. I just got this new. It's like I admire that because it, it, for one, it, it's, it's necessary to, to, to push those percentages. But at the same time, it, it's, it's, it's so much more interactive than, than throwing some filter on a thing and just going, yeah, you know, it's just not, that's not enough for me. So, for me, it's like when i when I'm brewing the column, it's just like it's satisfying for me to like put this thing you know put 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 the you know the filtering on here and then the filter paper and then i'm i'm you know you have this and then it just it just feels like you are you're involved with the preparation of it, yeah, you have an intimate connection with the product and the instrument, and then being able to see what's going on, you know not just you know having this glass tube and being able to see like what your pores look like, what the drawdown looks like, you know, if it stalls, like, what is it looking like? If it's going great, it's satisfying. Like all those things that all those indicators of the quality that you're putting in, uh, are observable. That's another reason why I had to be glass. I'm obsessed with glass. I love clear stuff. If I had space, I'd get mad fish tanks all around me because I love water and glass. And and that's that's one of the main things. It's like you got to be stupid to make something not out of plastic in this day and age because it's freaking. It costs a tenth of anything, and it's lighter, better heat retention, great durability at the bar. It's like the it, it marks every freaking checkbox, you know. So it's like, are you are you you know? It's like. In another dimension, I'm laughing at myself. Like, you're so stupid. Like, why are you doing this? You know how heavy this is to shit? Like, all of this. But the thing is that I think for products like this, you just have to do what you think is right, what you think is necessary. Because I've lived with this stupid thing for, like, years now. And it has to be this way. It's just the feel of it, the look of it. Like, once we go into production, we polish the crap out of this. It's mirrored out. And all those... All those people are going to be like, "Oh, that's fingerprint magnet." It's 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 part of having something that you know meets this specific vision, um, and that's what this dripper is. It it isn't outwardly trying to look like something that didn't existed, it, but it is supposed to be beautiful. Like in our eyes, we think that this thing is great looking. It looks like it does something, and that's that's kind of the purpose. And it does do something, which is great. And everything has some type of intentional meaning from having this tab to be able to like lift it off of the base to getting this filter ring and and lifting it up with a filter and just plopping the filter out, like super easy to clean. Yeah. And being able to take this filter ring and put you know, that looks satisfying in and of itself. Yeah, so there's all these elements where I'm like, nah man, it has to it has to feel like this. It has to be metal, it has to have this tab and like you have to be able to do this and have the right resistance so you can lift it out of the dripper and, and throw a spent grounds into a waste bin. And then, you know, when you put this in like, you know, the origami, it looks insane. You know what I mean? Like if you put this, these pieces inside, like, you know, uh, like a flower dripper, it looks amazing. It adds that other level of like, what the heck are you doing with your thing, you know? And and this carries that vision of quality that we have from the original setup. So wherever this goes, whether it be on a third-party dripper or whether it be on our dripper, it'll look good. Yeah. And and that above all is super important for you know all kinds of reasons in 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 sparking human uh, curiosity and 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 seeing things of beauty and and things things that just kind of you know look sparkly and nice you know you you want that thing so you know there's all different elements but there's also that technical element of being able to observe and having a certain level of tolerance in terms of precision uh, uh, geometry like for all these connecting pieces yeah so that that's kind of that's kind of a long story i think ray
0: that that's i have a question for you too and follow up with that this this brewer right here how do you, how will you connect it to Melodrip, the tool Melodrip? Like, can you tell me how you connect the two? Can you, can you brew with the two side by side? Uh, I read a little bit online of what your thoughts were on this, I guess, on, on um, Indiegogo. Indiegogo, is that how you say it? Indiegogo? Yeah, yeah. Um, that you can use it both with that and without it. But what's your intention with that? Can you, uh, can you elaborate on that? Can you tell us about that?
1: So, yeah. So the the column like if you're brewing like 18 grams or whatever, right? Like you're you're getting a column of coffee, like similar to like an AeroPress. Yeah. And with that alone, you get an increased amount of, I guess, pre-filtration, like through the filter cake. So you're already getting like a clean cup of coffee. It's It has like a cleaner profile than a regular conical, mainly because you don't have particulate exiting out above the coffee. It's like all the water, And all of, I guess, the suspended insoluble particle is passing through this substrate and being filtered out. So you're always gonna get something super clean. And that's the reason why I love it. Like you don't need a a mellow drip or some crazy technique to get a very clean, high detail flavor profile. So that's one thing. When it comes to using this with the mellow drip, which is definitely designed for, so we have this lip that you know, allows you to drop the melody. It's perfectly, you wow. know, like several whatever inches down um, from that from the top. The reason why you want to go there with this is, is like we talked about it a little earlier. It's like if you're using coarse grind, you know, like having intense heat and agitation is important to kind of. Uh, squeeze out as much extraction as possible from the coffee. When you start to go ultra fine, like when you get to that border of like, I want to do 23% and above, you're grinding pretty fine. And when you're doing that, you need a mix of controlled agitation and direct uh, kettle pour. It's just advantageous to have both. Like for us, like we knew that with Melodrip that there's a certain threshold where maintaining percolation quality is just as or more important than heat. And it's, it sounds ridiculous, but if you're having a, a, a good drain rate, like one gram a second, 1.5 grams a second, you're not gonna be dwelling that long anyway. So the heat that you add, if it's passing through within a reasonable bout of window, the most important thing is having good percolation. Just distributing fresh water throughout as much of the slurry as you can and in order to do that you you don't want to disrupt the uh, i guess the architecture of the slurry you want it to be as intact as possible at least from my perspective so after you add your heat and hydration you get rid of the foam you get rid of the slurry like all the gla- gases are out and then everything settle from that point on we want to retain that that level of permeability throughout the rest of the brew. So you minimize the amount of retention that you have at the end of the brew. So you have as much water passing through into your cup as possible. And we've also found out that having a bare kettle and kind of suspending the grounds with agitation, it's not necessarily ideal because regardless of how you pour, people always for, don't remember this, but if if you're, I guess beyond a certain level of sa- saturation, the dripper is always per- the dripper is always brewing. It doesn't stop. I mean, the dripper is always dripping. It's always draining, and this doesn't stop. And when people think about bare kettle versus mellow drip, they have to understand that water is always percolating through something, whether it's outside the slurry or whether it's through the slurry. There's always dripping going on if you're brewing, um, and when you're pouring bare kettle, you're essentially like malforming the slurry. So the water that's being percolated while you're pouring with a bare kettle is percolating through the most insanely shaped slurry throughout the entire brew. So if it's on the latter half of the brew, where there's only so much you could do in terms of just like direct. Pour you're essentially sending water through a slurry that's insanely uneven. And if you are someone who I guess values flat bed or thinks that the philosophy of having a fat, flat, even bed will offer uh an even extraction, you have to realize that when you're pouring bare kettle, it is the most uneven the slurry will ever be while you're brewing. So you have to balance like when you use bare kettle versus when you use mellow drip and when you're doing ultra high extraction i guess with that intention using a fine grind you don't want majority of the particles to be suspended because the percolation that's happening is only happening through a really small amount of coffee at the bottom of the dripper so all this coffee that you should be percolating through is being suspended and basically the majority of the percolation that's happening is is at the bottom where it's completely being you know, malformed second by second. So it's from that perspective, it's a very unideal way of brewing coffee when you're using fine grinds. Which is why I think a lot of the uh, the Buckner style drippers like the and the the next level have a distribution shower head because they know. That if you're aiming for high extraction, you need to really respect percolation, overheating, and 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 infiltration, because that's what's essentially going to allow you to continue uh, 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 an even distribution of water throughout the entirety of of, of the pore, Right. So, long story short, again, if you want to do a high extraction the best way to approach it with the column is to do a smaller dose, like 15 and under, like 12 to 15, and then do two bare kettles uh, up front, and then two bare kettles, I mean, two mellow you know, mellow drip pores at the end. So basically splitting up into four pour, four even pores. So that's when you want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking terrible at explaining things no. simply, because it's... It, it... <laughs>
0: Man, hey, this is what That's this podcast what it is though, man. This is what this is about, man. <laughs> I know.
1: I know it is.
0: This is what this is about, man. I, know it I, I love it, is. it. That's
1: why I don't. I love That's why it. I'm like, you know, I, I don't go on podcasts often because I can't speak like a normal human, man, <laughs> you know, especially if I'm talking about, it's like, if you're talking about business, I, I, I can't speak at all. If you're talking about coffee, I, I speak too much in like, in a very like scattered, uh, like overly, overly, uh, whatever. You become coffee head but...
0: whenever you you start speaking about coffee. Is that, is that what his name was? Coffee head?
1: Yeah. 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 Yes. So that, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. So that's, so Melodrip is, is does help when using any kind of dripper for high extraction, but for the column, especially it helps just because you're able to just keep the slurry as stable as possible and just kind of maintain the permeability and the, the overall architecture, the homogeneity of yeah. that, um, you know, that the, the slurry, so water gets to just kind of flow through naturally yeah. with gravity.
0: Yeah i Ray, that's awesome uh, there's been several times during this conversation where i wish i had a pin note and, or a notepad and pin on me because there's a couple of things you were saying that um i got i think some some of it was was like revelatory for me you know some of it was when you were saying some of those things like well that that makes total sense and then some of the things you were saying i was like that is something i think about but i don't have <laughs> words to put it in the way in the way Ray's saying it right now so i i i love that ray um and I don't want to take up um, too much more of your time. And I, we, we've, been, we've been recording for a little bit now. So I think we've got some really, really good stuff here. But um, I'm really excited to brew with this. Um, we're definitely, if you'll let us carry it on our website for Roastful, we'll definitely carry it for Roastful. And I'll definitely be brewing definitely, on it definitely. whenever, we, whenever we, uh, we get our hands on some, man. But um, is there anything else you want to tell the listener about what's going on with Column? Um, tell us the release date, stuff like that, uh, what you're thinking with there.
1: The release date at the man. The release date is is August twenty twenty three, which is gonna turn a lot of people off. But that's like worst case scenario, because stainless steel prices are going up like crazy, like because of the war. So uh, there's there's all kinds of uh, I guess buffers that we put in place, and and the worst case scenario is like yes, we will ship August twenty twenty three, but depending on how we I guess source, you know, how quickly you source the paper and then how quickly we're able to tune this to a point where it feels right. You know, it could be earlier than that. We want it to be earlier than that. It's just that, you know, there's certain things going on next year. I guess in the earlier part of the year, we're like factories just shut down for a month. So we're trying to make it before then. Um, And if we do, then yeah, it'll be summer of next year, but you know we're just giving ourselves a buffer there's like no rush in our part because we know it's going to happen but it has to happen right and all of the people who have backed us is kind of given us that push and that guarantee that okay we can get these tools made like now um so it, it definitely helps us get to that goal closer but this is kind of like my life man this is my life project and this you know this column is this is our dripper. This is it. I'm not gonna make five more drippers or some weird thing. Um, so it has to just come out right, and it has to be perfect when it comes out. So you know, this is if this is gonna be around in 10 years. You know, for me, I want it out earlier just for the people. But I think the people don't mind. You know, everyone's drinking great coffee. The pe- I, the people don't mind. I'll speak to the people. I'll speak to the people. We don't mind. We don't mind. We're ready.
0: We're excited, but we're we're willing to wait. Yeah, it's like we're all drinking good coffee. Yeah,
1: we're all drinking good coffee with the stuff we have.
0: We know, but we also know <laughs> that that when you get it out, man, it's gonna be chef's kiss perfection. We're looking forward to it. Right? Yeah,
1: it'll 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 have its place. It'll have its place on the shelf. Yeah. Is 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 my goal because I have a lot of drippers. You know where
0: it'll have my. You know where it'll have place for me, Ray. It'll it'll have it'll have first place for me. It'll have first place for me. <laughs> So, Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, we're we're looking, we're really excited. Um, I've been, the more I've watched it, the more I get just like anxious and anticipated about like getting my hands on one and, and, and being able to brew with it, man. So we're excited here at Roseful. I know the listener is, otherwise they wouldn't have listened uh, 57 minutes into this podcast. So, you know, I think they're excited too. And <laughs> <laughs> I think they're excited too. And man, uh, thanks for coming on here and thanks for talking. we'll we'll try to we'll try to record another one if if some uh, if some other things are, are coming out about this. Is there any other things? I know this is this is massive, but are there any other things coming out of the pipeline? or is this just all you want the, the listener to focus on right now?
1: <laughs> this this is all want to focus on right now, man because this' is all <laughs> I'm focused on right now. okay there's there's that other product that I mentioned. I use it every day. And it's like more of, more of like some, some kind of accessory type of thing. Yeah. So it's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have released it two years ago. But it's just like <laughs> when the calling came out, I was like, this is my life, man. I need to get this out. I need to get this done. Yeah. Like there was like a huge dry spell just to take a more of your time. But like I, I stopped all social media for like a year just because I discovered this thing. And like I, I usually only make videos of stuff I'm excited about. You know, but I'm like, no, this crap is someone's going to copy this, man. I, yeah. I don't want to do I want to bring this out right now. And it's like the more I work with them, I'm like no one's going to copy this. It's just I'm just a weirdo, but like I know that this needs to exist, but I need to flesh it out. And and I want to just do it on my own terms. And so my whole thing was, you know, I guess my advice to like and any person starting their own business is like you always hear like just focus on what you know, you're good at, right? Like your specialty like just put the most amount of time in that. And there was a point where I was like, oh yeah, I wanna get this creator thing popping. I wanna start posting crazy. I wanna do this and that. And it's just like I am a creator, but like, you know, my value comes in creating tools. Like I shouldn't be like editing mad videos. I shouldn't be like messing with lighting all day. It's like, no, it's like just refine this. You know, create this. This is what no one else can make. So do this. You know, and I and and that was my that was my thing for the past couple of years because I knew that, you know, the, whatever video I make or whatever content I drop would not have this, you know, uh, impact. At least on my own life, I know that this will be around forever. Uh, I'm gonna, this is gonna go to my grave. So, whether it be a, a good reminder or a bad reminder of my life, it's gonna go with me to my grave. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm I'm making it with that in mind you know, definitely. Awesome. So if this thing sucks, you just won't see me anymore. (laughs) That's it. I'm done. I'm out of the game. But, but, you know, it's, 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 it's what it is. It's what it is. You know, I, I think I put the most amount of pressure, you know, on myself and, and, and I, I think the same as melodrip, there was not a predecessor, you know, there was not anyone else making what, this does or what the intent of this does you know um so that's that's i think that's the hard part but like if you're making something super new and 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 it works for you and you live with it for a year and you feel like this is the best thing ever keep doing it and and that's it's hard as hell because no one else can give you advice on if it's going to hit or not Um, They could give you different kinds of other advice to keep you moving and make you, you know, give you the right decisions. But I think if you really if you truly know that you're creating something new for the world, just do it, because no one else can do that kind of thing. You know, this is this is your thumbprint, right? So Um, that's kind of, that's kind of my advice to anyone making tools out there, you know, just don't release garbage, like live with it for a year or two, make sure that there's a place in this world for it. And it, and if it works and if it, it hits that target of your vision, um, make sure it happens because we need more stuff like that. There's too much like overly aesthetic stuff or like stuff that is just, you know, you know, kind of issue riddle or whatever it is, you know, um, it has to work you know it has to be refined enough for you to live with so that that's you know there's no rush to getting stuff out especially in this tool space where you know it's like once you go out there man you have to be committed to supporting it because you know like you know it's just you create a customer base and you have to keep it moving for the people that love you um and as hard as it is it's it's people expect certain things you know, to keep going and going for this thing. It's like, if it drops and it sucks, I have no choice but to keep making it and to fix it somehow, whether it be through filter paper or whether it be recipe or whatever it is. I know that I'm in this for the long haul. Um, that's the fun of it, but that's, that's kind of the risk you take too, you know? So because, because we know that starting something means, you know, keep on doing it, um, we know how important it is to uh, come out right because, you know, we know we're going to have to support it and it has to be easy to support, you know, once it drops. So cool, man, what it is, man.
0: I, that's great advice.
1: <laughs> that's great advice.
0: Ray Murakar, everybody. He is a, he is an insane, he's got an insane mind. He's an awesome guy too, though. We, we think so highly Ray. Um, and we support Melodrip a hundred percent. We, 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 um, sell their, their Melodrip product on our website right now. And, We we think so highly of Ray of and and of his company and of the things he releases and um, all that he does. So thank you Ray for coming on this podcast, man.
1: Thank you Zach, I love your stuff, man. I'm always looking for that box, man. This last box was was crazy. Did you like it? That's that. Yeah, that's that strawberry catiope or whatever. From black and white. I was I was eyeing that. I got another. I yeah, I got another black and white like the same month. What I was drinking just here it's ridiculous yeah i'm I'm a purist but like yeah I, I I love wild coffees like that man it it just it changes your day.
0: I think so highly a limb man and um Lim will probably not even listen to this podcast but you know if, if he is I, I think so highly a limb and I think highly of black and white we've never featured them but I figured if we featured them we had to feature a funky coffee from them because they're like funky coffee oh, one one yeah. you know what I mean um and so I asked mm-hmm. I asked Lim his mm-hmm. recommendation too of of that and that's what that's what he said. So we went with that and I was excited to try it.
1: Uh-huh. But it's too crazy. The yeah, coffee man. is so
0: good, man. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. All thank right, you. Ray. Hey, definitely. To the listener, um, you can find out more about uh, Ray and Melodrip in the show notes. We're going to drop a couple of links. Um, we'll drop his Instagram page and, and drop Melodrip's Instagram page um, and drop the website. Is uh, Indiegogo still up for support? Can people still support that, Ray?
1: It is still up. It will be up for another 22 days or so. Okay. So, yeah, just get up in there. um, Just check out some details. Ask me questions. Uh, I'm always up there, you know, willing to conversate or or be part of the discussion to help you guys know a little bit more uh, about the column. So, yeah, just check out the the page. Cool, man.
0: Awesome. All right, Ray. Well, that's going to be it. Um, Check us out on Instagram for Roastful2. Check us out on our our Roastful website at roastful.com. But yeah, until the next episode, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Roastful and follow our upcoming projects, you can find us on social media at Roastful Coffee or online at www.roastful.com. If you'd like to know more about our guests and their companies, you can visit the links in our show notes. Thank you.